Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all the conversation hashtag Marsha's plate oh instagram facebook and twitter we want to hear what you guys have to say you can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's plate by contributing to this podcast you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time so let's get started what's your tea <laughs> hey what's up <laughs> so um z isn't here because he had to work so it's just me and mia and uh yeah making sure the mood is right <laughs> as it should be thank you so um i didn't get to tell y'all how hawaii was no you did not I and i was very interested it. in did you you know you know one of my favorite favorite hawaiian people is queen lily ukulani Yes, like she has like a whole, um, a whole. Well, she had a palace that's now like a, a historic tr- treasure there, mm-hmm. um, and she has a whole like st- statue. Oh, I want to go. You know, just that. Did but you see any volcanoes? No, I didn't go to mm-hmm. any volcanoes. <laughs> um, say her name again, because I can't pronounce it. Queen like Lily Ukulani. Okay, well her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they colonized the island mm-hmm. and took over, mm-hmm. she was still queen. Yes, she was. She was basically on house arrest in her own palace. Which is the shade. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the island, you definitely feel and see deep colonization. Mm-hmm. But because it is a tourist attraction, they preserve the culture for the sake of selling it to tourists. Which you is see weird. What I'm yeah. So they preserve. But it, which is good too. It's Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so. Um, you know, it's all about capitalism. So everybody, when you when you first come in, everybody is super nice to you. So Aww. they're trying to get a tip. <laughs> so no matter where you go from the... I've never been in a place where everybody was so personable and uh-huh. nice to you. That sounds like Z's trip to Egypt. 
Yeah. So everybody <laughs> would just, if they know you from, you're a tourist, they're super nice. They're trying to, all the Uber drivers are trying to um, give you their cards and and letting you know, well, I, if you need me to ride you here and da 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 That was going to be your us, girl. Yeah, they were going to be the people. So I, it, I, you definitely immediately hitting the ground know that you're in a tourist area. You have to specifically ask people, hey, I don't want to go where the tourists go. I want to go places where the native folks go and blah, 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 blah. And they like, you know, you got Island Hop for that. There's some, you know, you're in Waikiki. This is just tourist down. <laughs> so, it sounds sick, Dan. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, um, everything was super, super fucking expensive. I went there with, um, the whole trip was sponsored and organized by Queen Culture, which is ran by um, Arya Saeed and... It was basically a retreat for trans women. Mm-hmm. And really? Yeah, a retreat for trans women. And it was like a therapy session that she got sponsored by people. That and, is sickening. And, you know, we had a therapist there. And then we had me, who was the facilitator. Um, it was me and um, Valerie Spencer. She was um, the therapist. And I was the facilitator of the whole event. And so... Um, it was a paid gig. It was amazing. So I'm getting paid to be in Hawaii. That is <laughs> love. Oh my God. And I need she... trips like that. I need to get paid to be in Hawaii so I can get a sunburn. Yes. And how it was set up. She set it up to where we did the work on the first two days. And then we did all the fun, amazing beachy, um, resort shit on the second two days. So... Mm. She planned this amazing, so every night she would take us out to eat. Um, but the very first night, we w- we went out to this restaurant called The Orchid. And it is one of them restaurants that rich niggas take their fiancés to. Yes. Not their fiancés, but their girlfriends to, to make them their fiancés. So what's propose. the version of, te- of that in Texas? It is not one. <laughs> Like, it's nothing like I have this is the type Grand of restaurant Lux. that no hell no. <laughs> like uh, we don't have one here like this level that of restaurant yeah this level of restaurant oh. we don't have oh. here um the bill alone was like $700 oh right no man <laughs> right <laughs> so the bill alone was $700 for what but for what though for how Food. many people um Seven, eight. Oh, everybody know. had about a hundred dollar meal. It, 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 yeah, but it was, it was, it just, I, it was beautiful. <laughs> like, um, uh, no, it wasn't eight. I can't remember. Anyway, but the fucking waves was rolling up. We were next to the beach. It was candlelight. <sighs> it was. It and was... you, where are the pictures? Where is the <laughs> photographer? I don't. I. I'm not that person who. Thinks about pictures. Like, I enjoy moments when I'm in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, I'm totally... Like, people always ask me, well, where are the pictures? Because I don't think about pulling out my phone to take a picture. Oh, baby, I'm, I need to capture the moment. Yeah, but I am I need to enjoy the moment. Yeah, so but yeah, I'm not, you can still do that, Diamond, but you want to create memories, too, ki- girl. You're killing Ow. the mood. You're not soaking up the stuff, girl. girl <laughs> you're not so- l- let me tell you how to do it. Let me tell you how to do it. This is how you do it. 
You go to you go to your favorite spot, girl. You pick you out a little background, a little one, two, three. You know, you memorize a little one, two, uh-huh. three. So you know, to draw the audience in. This is what you do when you first get there. You take about 10 minutes, maybe. You know, depending so on... So other girls was doing no, it, so but, I'm sure there's pictures wait, wait, out wait, there. No, listen, listen. No, wait. <laughs> hear me out. So you you wait. You do the little one, two for two, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you soak in the moment. But you know, you got to take memories. I know. And I think other girls was doing that, mm-hmm. but I just don't do that because okay. I don't think about it. It's That's weird to me. Wow. <laughs> It is. It's how weird. Okay, let me rephrase that. It is weird trigger for me <laughs> because for me, that's not how my brain works. Okay. Like if I'm in a, if I see this amazing view, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stand there and be like, oh my god, this amazing view. Capture it. I'm not gonna say. Ooh, look at this beauty. Let me stop and look for my phone and take a picture oh, of yes, it. Ma'am. No, I'm going to say, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Let me look at this and enjoy this moment. Baby, and I'm going to say, stop, take a picture of it, <laughs> and then I'm going to enjoy the moment. And then later on, I'm going to look at the picture like five million times and oh, enjoy the moment no. and again. I'm going to look at some pictures somebody else takes, like when Mia takes them. <laughs> That's, I'm like, oh, it was so pretty. I'm glad you took that picture. I'm the person that's like, oh, my God, I'm glad you took this picture. Oh, see. <laughs> that's me. So we, it was it was amazing. And so her mindset about it, she was like, this is a space that most black trans folks are not going to be in. I got a question. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because the, what? This Because this is out of you. most of our price we can't afford this place like that so when when she this place is out of usually especially the girls that she brought is out of our um i don't know what the word is it's out of our class or out of our Tax bracket. Tax bracket. Yeah, it's out of that. So we can't... I I would never have a pick this restaurant. This is way out of my price range. It was not cute. That was really nice for them to do that. You know, and she was like, I want... I wanted to, us to break up this space. So we, she's specifically in the email when she was planning the um, trip, mm-hmm. she specifically said, we are going to this restaurant and you they do not accept people in in regular clothes. You need to be dressed up. I want us all to go in here and be beat. So that's what it was. When we, yes. when we got in it, you would have thought we was real housewives of fucking Hawaii. Because <laughs> yes, we walked ma'am. in there, everybody was dressed, just dressed to the nines and just looking so good and so beautiful. Everybody just was, it just was so, such a tranquil place. It was elegant. Elegant. And it just, it was just so nice. And you didn't take no pictures. No. And they were catering to us. We were just in, a, a lot of the girls were feeling like, one of the girls was saying that, you know, you know what I feel like? And she whispered it to me. She was, she wasn't the youngest girl there, but she was the mm-hmm. second to youngest girl. Cause the the range range from um like high 50s to um low 20s okay. in the in the age range of people um she said you know what this feels like diamond have you ever seen set it off and I was like, yeah. She was like, you remember when Stoney went to that restaurant with um, Blair Underwood and she didn't know what to do because she's from the hood and didn't know that. She was like, that's what this feels like. And that kind of gives you, oh, the, that it gave you the, that that vibe because it did. Now, I've been me. I, I, I didn't pay for it, but men have taken me to restaurants that are similar. Not yeah. as nice, but similar to this. And um, 
you know, so I, I I didn't get that vibe from it, but because this was her first time being in a mm-hmm. five star restaurant, she she was like, wow, she got her life was, right, and that's what she intended. The, that's what she that's what Aria intended. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so we all just sat there and we all were just talking like, this is so beautiful. Like we had like four waiters at our table, oh, and, lovely, and like four to five of them, and they all was presenting our food and. Feeling up, it just was like just immaculate customer service, uh-huh. and they were super nice. Nobody was acting funny or any kind of remote negative or anything else. They were treating us like queens, and it was amazing. And that's exactly what she intended to do, and it was just amazing experience. So that, that is was beautiful. so sickening. Um, she said, "Now we didn't get so much. We didn't get that much money to do this every night, but you know, the next yeah. night we went to Red Lobster." <laughs> <laughs> but she ain't um, nothing wrong with a little red lobster. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Um, but she she took us out to eat to um the Hard Rock Cafe. She just took it. She just really treated us like treated us with luxury. the The hotel was a five star hotel. The um, you know, we could get massages. We could um, it was an amazing breakfast in the morning. It was. It was just, we went to, uh, the hotel specifically had their own beach, but the problem with the beach hotel is that everybody from the hotel go to it, so it's really, really packed. And because we had we had just a wide range of trans women, we didn't want to, this is the issue, we didn't want to go and then have to deal with the problems of, of the public mm-hmm. that comes when trans women are out in public. Together. <laughs> Together. Mm-hmm. And... We didn't want anything to pop off, and then they they ruin our enjoyment mm-hmm. because this is the public, and we don't know what might happen. And so we picked another um, beach location that was a little further out, and we all called Ubers to um, that location, and it wasn't as packed. It was a lot of people there because any beach in Hawaii is going to be people there. It's not going to be isolated unless you're rich or something. Unless you Oprah who got property in Maui. <laughs> Literally. Um it, but this beach wasn't as crowded as the other one, but we were able to get in our bathing suits and get our life. Now, I did get some pictures of that, and I can't show you that. Ah. <laughs> um, because, you know, while you're chilling on the beach, you you get the, you can get the vibe, and then you think about a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. So this is the Polynesian Cultural Center. And so they represent all of the islands, like Hawaii, and um, Hawaii, um, Samoa, um, Fiji, all of the Polynesian islands. And this is the fire thrower. He was nine years old and he's spinning the fire. So cute, so cute. I'm going to put, for y'all to see it, I'm going to put it on um, Marsha's Play um, YouTube just so y'all can see it. Um, he was nine. There was another one that was like 11 what years old. Huh? The, yeah, oh, not the YouTube, um, Instagram. Um, I had to find the black girl. So these are the black girls. I didn't know the are Fiji girl. No, oh, okay. <laughs> these are the Fiji girls, and they were and the Fiji girls are black. Like they like dark skin and got afros and shit. Okay. I didn't know that. So that was my sickening. Um, this oh, was me. So this is me. We did a tour on this canoe boat that goes right there. Um, let me not scroll that way because it may scroll some other ah. <laughs> bad bad. Diamond pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so this is him. We're on a canoe, and we um, and he gives us a tour on this lake, and it's just he's showing us like the mock islands, and it was annoying because 
you see how um you see how he looks he's older all the other boys that was doing that were fine and young and we the ones who got the older man we were like why we didn't get the fine boys to do to push our uh canoes we was over it (laughs) so um this is on the beach this is the girls on the beach that is brianna that is um janelle that is aria all these are the trans girls and these are the dudes that was buying us drinks and stuff on the beach (laughs) some of them was butch queens and some of them was just straight niggas just being cool and this is me on the beach in my after you got the sunburn this is why i have the sunburn (laughs) um you know how you go down to Galveston and the water's like gray and brown. The water just blue and beautiful and just oh my god. Um, there's Valerie here. Um, and oh, this is us at the Hard Rock Cafe. We did take a picture. That picture at the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, yeah. So that's the pictures there. So, some takeaways. So, first of all, when we first come into the city, we're actually, the therapy sessions are actually being hosted in the Harm Reduction Center in um, in Waikiki. When you go in there, the whole staff is Hawaiian trans women. What? The whole staff is Hawaiian trans women. And they do work around the city Helping trans women, giving them, getting them, um, um, testing the same, you know, like mm-hmm. any nonprofit organization. But the whole staff is trans Good women <laughs> who run the programs is trans women. So when we come into the building, they we go into the room and they introduce themselves and they tell us um, just a little bit of history. And she was like, "Well, on our island, um, we are called the Mahu." Mm-hmm. What you just spelled. We are called the Mahu. And a Mahu. It, it can, can be gay too. Right? It can be gay too, gay male, but it's usually for trans women and that kind of deal. She was like, on our island, in the native culture, Mahu have a place in the community. They are the family. T- the, the, the word means. It means like it's like a family. Uh, you take care of the family, like you're a caretaker. So, well, it says that cultures third gender persons with traditional spiritual no, and I'm talking about language, what the word means in their language, mm-hmm. not what it culturally is. Okay. I have to look it up. No. But Mahu people have a place in the community. They are they take care of the family. They take care of the home. They um, and they're respected as something. So. When we would go out to places. So, oh, I found it. Mm-hmm. So Mahu are valued and respected in traditional Hawaiian culture because their gender fluidity is seen as an asset. The ability to embrace both male and female qualities is thought to empower them as healers and teachers and caregivers. Right. So they, they family take care. They family they take care of their family and they're usually healers. They have a place in the community. So when you go to somebody native and you say that you're a mahu, like they give you shit. Like they're not like they're forced to, but they like they treat you better. Like you tell them you mahu, they're like, oh yes. And treat you like 
give you a little bit some cookies or some muffins or when you tell them that you're mahu they do like so when i was at the polynesian culture center and i told this lady i had bought a necklace and the girl told me to tell her that i was mahu when i told her i was mahu she gave me a bracelet Oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii now. So in their culture, we have a place. So when, we, when we're when we navigating the world in the native spaces, you're looked at as somebody with value. Unlike on the mainland, unlike in you, the mm. you, the other states on the on the continent of North America. Mm. Um, I, and I, I read a lot about that in Janet Mock's book. Yeah, mm-hmm. she talked about it in her book. And so there's a place for it. Redefining a, realness. Yeah. There's a place for it. And it's not, um, it wasn't until colonization came and added the missionary, the missionary trying to convert Col- the people. Colonialism. <laughs> yeah, colonize them into doing what they feel was right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that came that um, transsexualism and um, that kind of stuff turned into something negative. Okay, so that that is a is a major difference in in how these girls navigate their space in their in in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like they're really confident. They're really um, like they put them in positions of power, and you can tell the difference. And you can see the community. You can see they were telling their stories about their sisterhood, and you can see why this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, they were bringing girls on, paying for them schooling. That like they were everything. paying for them schooling to go and get an education and then come back and work for the organization. They were doing certain things that we should be doing in the United States. <laughs> in Man. the mainland, they're the United States too. But in the mainland. So that was amazing to me. That was that was that was a big difference and they how they expressed it was um just like truly truly beautiful. So um but it remind but Further on down the trip, like I said, we went to the Polynesian Cultural Center. And so when we were going, it took an hour for us to get to this cultural center from Mm -hmm. where we were. And so um, while we're driving, it's just amazingly beautiful. But while we're driving, I keep seeing fucking churches. Hmm. Like I keep seeing like, like lining the street, multiple churches. Like church and church upon church upon church upon church. And I'm like, strangely, like, you know, you'll see one church here. On the corner. On the corner. Da, 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 da. But but it wasn't like this. It was like, almost like when you go to Utah. Have you ever, you ain't never been to Utah? I hope. <laughs> you hope you no. never go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like when you go to Utah and you get to one of the mormon areas. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. Mormons colonized Hawaii. Oh. And so they own a lot of the shit in Hawaii. And this Polynesian Cultural Center, which is a tourist attraction to share with you the culture of the island, is actually owned by the Mormons. Wow. And you can't even work there unless you are a part of a church. Oh, wow. And they only get paid $3 an hour, the workers. No. This is what one of the workers told us. Like, once they saw once they saw us, because this is woke-ass black trans women, and we're asking questions like, uh, this looks real labory. <laughs> Let's look at real setup. Tell us what the tea is to the workers. And the workers was like, oh, y'all woke bitches? Let us give you the tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to be fucked. You got, even if you don't believe in this shit, they get us native people to come and join their churches and then for us to get jobs. Basically, 
in order for them to survive on their fucking land, they have to play this colonization tourist game. Oh, and wow. so how the so they pay for college for these kids because it was nothing but like kids and um you know it was some older people too but everybody there we met this boy fine he was fucking sickening <laughs> he was so fine we were flirting and shit and he was like and once we got cool with him he was like oh y'all some real people so let me give y'all the real tea and he said you know they pay for our schooling but we have to like work. Work, 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 work for years, for years, and or, and while we're in school, and we have to join the church and got donate to the church, and you get what I'm saying. We oh, got to wow. do all of this kind of shit that we don't want to do. We see them taking over our culture, and they're and because this is the Polynesian Culture Center, <laughs> we it, it it you think that oh this is them preserving the culture, but it's actually them exploiting the culture. Wow, you know, and so. Once we was able to have those conversations with them and once we, they just shined a light on the underbelly. Cause if you're just looking like if you're just a white person coming in, Oh, let me, Oh my God, look at all this culture they're sharing with us. And they're doing the hula dances, all the touristy stuff that you can think about Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You could be mesmerized by the glamor of this stuff because it is beautiful mm-hmm. they cook you they cook food in the old hawaiian way like taking the big old kalua pig and putting it in the ground with hot stones and wrapped in banana leaves and then they pull it out and it's cooked and da 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 da. you eat that it's sickening and delicious um all the hawaiian food and toro and you know just a lot of stuff so you get you could get glamorized by all this beautiful cultural stuff that you paid to come and experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can get glamorized by that, but us being real with them and having real conversations kind of pull the curtain out. Mm. You know, pull the curtain back and allow us to see the behind the scenes. Did it make you view it a certain type of way? Did it make you view it differently? It made me view like we were exploiting too. Mm. So did you feel bad, kind of? Yes. Not bad, because I'm not a colonizer. Right, Um, but it almost seemed like you... Like you said, it almost seemed like you were participating in Yeah, I'm participating in that. Um, But it was an amazing experience, because I was able to have real conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And they didn't think of us as the colonizer. They was like, y'all just didn't know. And so this is the tea. And now we're telling y'all. So y'all can tell people. And so that's why I'm telling it on my fucking podcast. Girl. (laughs) So that was really... um, We stayed there for the whole day from 10 in the morning all the way to like 11 at night. And they have tons of stuff for you to do. She had tickets for us to do all that we could do. (sighs) And it was just an amazing... um, They did this... um, The Breath of Ha or the Breath of... It's the Breath of Ha, the Breath of Life. Some kind of... um, Some kind of... um, like a st- not a stage play, but like a a stage performance mm-hmm. where they do fire blowing, fire throwing dances, and it's just acting. It's just it's just whole beautiful thing, and um, it was just amazing. Like the whole experience was amazing. But mm-hmm. I was glad to talk to people from behind the scenes, and they were able to be real with us. Because at first they're talking to you like you're a tourist. Like, hey, I hope you enjoying your time here. And and why did I go into Mickey Mouse Disney <laughs> Disney voice? Because <laughs> hey, that's what you here. think. That's that's yeah. what you think of when people co-switch. Yeah, just like High they voices. do it like Disney World or a mm-hmm. fair. Oh, come on 
over and play this game and da da da. You know how it's just they're trying to get you to play, get you to spend money, and get you to enjoy yourself. Are you doing okay? Are you finding everything all right? Well, come on over here and do this. And yeah, go to the. So their voice is different, but once they saw that we were real people and we was able to let their guard down, their whole persona changed. They went to. Oh, yeah, these motherfuckers ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they went to real motherfucking niggas (laughs) and was talking about it, and it was just amazing, and we were like, yes, this is what we wanted. We wanted the tea, girl. (laughs) And they gave it to us. And that's beautiful. Overall... I loved Hawaii. It was amazing. I I, I never would have went there because um, unless I got rich. But so I'm for about five years, I've been able to afford a trip to Hawaii. But I never would have went because any if I planned a trip to a far off place. I would have went somewhere else. I would have went to Tokyo. I would have went to um, South Africa. I would have went to somewhere far off. I wouldn't have went to Hawaii. And so just having this experience and somebody giving it to me on fucking a paid trip, not not only am I being paid to be there to work, I'm actually, you paying for the whole trip. So the whole, it was just what? Like, it just was a dream come true. Um, And it was an amazing experience. So I wanted to talk about that. Well, it sounds very lovely. Mm -hmm. I definitely need an experience like that. I need to get me a shirt made (laughs) with M-U-H-A on it with a little flower on the side. Wouldn't it be cute? Ah, You want to make sure I put my boobs are pushed to the ceiling (laughs) so I get the Mahu experience. Yes. I'm just joking, but that would be beautiful. So if you go to Hawaii... Oh, God, if you or you're thinking about going to Hawaii, go. It is beautiful and, you know, tip the natives well. All right. Very well. All right, next topic. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? (laughs) All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So I wanted to talk about the I wanted to talk about the history of hate crimes in Texas, and yeah, because that's really relevant right now. Very, very <laughs> relevant, right? So what really brings to mind when I think about it, I remember my mom and her husband now always talking about this guy that was drugged down down the street. Um, by a truck um um hanging from a rope and 
and they talked about how the the area where he was drugged like a couple of days later was um destroyed by a um by a tornado a tornado literally followed the path Mm. i don't know what that has to do anything but that's they told me and so i was like you know what let me look into that because let me see if this is a myth or did some shit like this actually oh, happen. Oh, right, let legend. me good old Waco country <laughs> legend. <laughs> right? So I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and research this and see what is really, really given. And the person that they were talking about, actually, their name is James Bird Jr. Mm-hmm. So let me oh, I heard about him. His killers recently got executed, right? Yes. Yeah. And he was he was a part of the Ku Klux Klan, not his uh not him, but not James. The, right, but the um the the guy that just got recently executed. Um what happened was the well, okay, so James Bird Jr. was 49 years old and he was he was being dragged by a pickup truck for about three miles. Mm. When they ended up finding him, his body was like cut up and, you know, they mutilated him. And I don't really want to go into detail because we know how they used to do that. There's pictures of it. And um, so the the place that it happened in was in Jasper, Texas, and that's Jasper County. Right. At the time, the population of black people was very, very low. It was about 43%. Mm-hmm. Which is not really low, but it was lower than whites. Right, it was right. lower than whites. It was 43%. And that area, that area like Orange, Texas, and Jasper County, and all that. Towards all Louisiana. The, the, it's basically on, it, it's basically the... Um, state line between louisiana and texas that area has a long history of like the clues clus clan living there and racist shit happening in a lot of sundown towns where if you don't know what sundown towns are if you were black and you and you were in that town caught in that town before the sun went down and you didn't pass the paper bag <laughs> test <laughs> even if you did <laughs> uh, if you was black baby and you was in um and you was in these town after the sun went down baby you might as well count your blessings girl because they coming after you so this this area of texas is known far east texas is not has a history of racial upheaval right and one of the one of the bills that they tried to pass was the hate crime bill and based on this case based on this case um at the time president well not president um george w bush was governor and they tried to get the bill passed by him and he declined it of course he's a racist republican girl and 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 luvon bird harris which is um james um james jr bird's sister said that justice justice was being served when when the ku klux klan member was actually apprehended and 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 what she's executing what she's happened this year right right Uh, and she said that they they were determined to treat him like he was an animal and they and and like like he was a danger to society right and so justice was definitely served, was. right and and justice was def well you know what i'm i can't judge anybody but if you do that to somebody i feel like justice was definitely served and so now what we're trying to do here in texas 
is where do you believe in corporal punishment? Like, do you believe? I I'm kind of on the fence because you know I, I'm 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 a Baptist. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not firmly like rooted in the church because like I'm yeah. like I stated, if y'all listen to the previous episodes, y'all know where <laughs> I I stand. Um, but you, I, ch- you church light, <laughs> <laughs> right? So me and God know what's up. So um, I'm I'm kind of on the fence, but let me tell you why. So the reason why I'm on the fence is because okay. Yeah, I feel like motherfuckers that do extremely crazy ass shit, then yeah, you there's some consequences that need to be hand, like is it death or right? Life? What what is the accountability for that? Right, I don't feel like that's up for me to to decide. Right, that's something that man has de- has decided that they want to do since back in the Bible, but. I, I just I can't be the one to judge this. So I don't I don't know which side of the fence. Like if, in order to really give a very very estimated judgment on that, I would have to like really do some research and uh, as to why it's being done and how we evolved throughout the years. But um, well, I mean, how do you feel about it? Um, I guess I would say I'm on the fence too. Like my. I'm usually not on the fence if I'm angry. Oh, yeah. If I'm angry, <laughs> like, I'm like, go off. Uh, Fuck you, girl. Yeah, Kill all of them. It's, it's, usually, it's usually in uh, in the mindset of, mm-hmm. um, like, if it's a trans person that got killed, throw the electric chair. Bitch. Like, you know, I'm, or if a black woman, electric chair. So you molesting a child. Electric chair. I'm, like, I'm, I'm. Bitch, react- we want to walk I'm you down the green mile, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm that person where in the heat of the moment, I um, I think, like, you really need to be just get the fuck up out of here. You like, tried it, it. You tried it. Like, you're doing something that's just not forgivable. And so that is the low-level me. The high-level me wants to be able to believe in restorative justice. I want people in the community that do something wrong to be able to be held accountable and be able to rehabilitate from yeah, it. Yeah, that's idealistically. But girl. Like, yeah, I, my higher level wants to have faith in that, but it just gets, when you, when it's just so bad, I'm like, ooh, like you killing people or you molesting people or you, you know, you just, you bombing fucking churches or something or shooting everybody in the church, shit like that. I'm like... Killing people in school. Yeah, it gets to where I'm like, nah, you got to get the fuck up out of here. So it's, it's you know, I feel like I'm on the fence, but mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm like... Yeah, I'm biased as fuck. Where they ass Girl, <laughs> right? I wanted to talk... Well, maybe also think about um this. I was... Having a conversation with my Uber driver. Uh-huh. And if y'all listen to watch this play regularly, y'all know that I'm always having a cute little combo. So we um I have my uh my Uber driver was African, an African cis man this time. And um we got to talking about trans um trans issues and I was feeling some type of way. And so I was I was asking him, like, you know, what do you think about it? And he was telling me to be safe and that I don't have nothing to worry about. And I was like, wait a minute, what do you mean I don't have anything to worry about? He was like, They don't really bother y'all. When I was in uh when I was in New York, you could go to jail for a hate crime and da da da. I said, Baby, we are in Texas. Uh, and Isla, no, 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 and he was Isla like that, that, that isn't got even... killed 
in New York. Right. He was like, that don't never happen. <laughs> I haven't heard it. I was like, let me tell you why. Because you're a cisgender black man. And that is something that you do not have to deal with in your everyday life. So, of course, you didn't hear about it happening. Probably and he was trying to argue movie. me down. <laughs> I was like, listen, you can. Now, I'm pretty sure there's some stuff that I could say about black cis men that you could definitely argue me about because I'm not a black cis man. No, but and I don't think that's true either. We're gonna see it because we because we are black. We're going to see their shit because right, we're they, under them. But there's certain things that they. I'm pretty sure that they go through that. I I can, I don't have anything that I can relate to as far as being a black a black cis man. But I can't think of it right now because there's a whole bunch of shit that they that we go through that they they can't relate to. Racism. That's it. Yeah, and you know how how racism affects your life. Of course. But but that's why, you know, when you send to the least among us, we know the least among us have so many things that so many of our identities attack that we know how it feels to be relatable to somebody who doesn't have as many identities. That affects our lives. So mm-hmm. we know we know how racism affects. We, you, what nigga? People are thinking you stealing. People thinking you aggressive. Yeah, we go through that too, nigga. So yeah. we know what you go through. Yeah. Maybe not be the exact same thing, but close to enough where we we're not blind to it like you are blind to our shit. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, I also, interestingly enough. I have a family a family reunion next month, the second one that I've been to, mm-hmm. and um, the last time I got into it with a family member, that's in a, a previous episode as well, and they, it just it didn't go well, and I ended up getting into it with a family member on Facebook, so I shared um, Malaysia who who recently was buried, um, um, was it Monday Diamond? Yes. Diamond. Uh, it was Monday and Diamond went to the funeral service. Um, and I, I posted the, the funeral service like they had a link on my Facebook. And my cousin ends up post. She shared the post. Now, usually she's been really supportive. So I be I, I didn't expect this. And I kind of gagged when I seen the repost. So I, I go and see that she shared one of my posts. And I'm like, OK, what is what does she share? And so she she says, what did this bitch say? Hold on, just a second. Let me pull it up because I want to read it word for word. And I don't know this lady like that, by the way, as well. We've <laughs> never met. So she was like, may he slash she be well in the afterlife. <sighs> So the fact that you had to do all that, that the he in the slash she, the <laughs> fact that you had to make sure that you included that rubbed me the wrong way. So I so I post, wow, why would you call, call her a he she? Because that's basically what you just did. Mm-hmm. And so she says, she says to me. Um, How is she on your list if y'all never met? Just you just but because she's my um cousin. Okay. So um she was like, "What's the wow question? Um explanation 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 mark about what would you like for me to say? Said it respectfully, in all caps. He was born a man just because he decided that after going through the things of Yaku. I guess this is somebody that she she worships and her religion that he was a woman was um was a 
that he was a woman was a choice. When he gets to the afterlife, he will too. Let me see. He will too. The afterlife, he will have um, to register as a boy and as a man and and then give a reason and all this bit, um, religious shit that she's talking about. So I was like, first of all, you're being disrespectful. Being transgender is not a choice. That is something that it has been scientifically proven. You're using religion to demonize black trans bodies. God knows where I was before and knows who I am now. So this person you are choosing to disrespect in death was murdered for being trans. Because she tried to tell me that that's not the reason why that they were murdered. And um, there are always... Um, that we're deceiving people and and I'm not like, and then she tried to grace me by saying, but Mia, you're not like that. Like, bitch, no, you're talking about all of us. And then she went, she, after I said that to her, she went into this really long post and basically went to go back and forth. And I ended it very politely and current. I, I said, know, well, did you delete her? Oh no, I deleted uh, her and blocked her. I said, uh, um, Okay, so I screenshotted everything and put it on my um on Marsha's plate and I had deleted it, but it's definitely on my <laughs> Instagram. And um I just said I'm not finna I'm not finna talk to a brick wall. I said what I, I'm a black trans woman and I said what I said. Yeah. And then she said a long ass another reply and I blocked her ass. Cause yeah. I don't got time for that. So I hope she If you listen to the podcast, bitch, I will be at the family reunion next month. I doubt it. Girl, when is it on the 22nd? (laughs) Baby. No, it sounds like she wasn't. Then my cousin going to hit me up in my inbox talking about, you know, what's the name? Crazy. I said she sounded very lucid. She explained her thoughts very clearly. She might be a weird ass bitch, but she knew what the fuck she was talking about. Fuck her. She can kiss my ass. <laughs> and so um, that triggered me, too. So I'm like, dang, there's so many people who are against us. Mm-hmm. So what we are fighting now for is to add gender expression and um, gender expression and gender identity. gender identity to that hate crime bill. But now there is a law that has been passed that states that professionals are open, are able to discriminate against us based on our gender identity or based on their religion. Excuse me. And so that's something that we're fighting now. And um, it's 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 just it's kind of draining, especially when you especially when you you just hear somebody just died not too long ago and somebody just got shot around the corner from where I stayed, a black trans woman in broad daylight. Then you hear that the same day that Malaysia was murdered, that another black trans woman was shot outside a gas station where her good in Detroit in Detroit. And, so, I, I, and you, but wait a minute, diamond. And the reason why I looked this up too, because I, I'm, I just, I'm about to, I'm about to buy a gun this month. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to my good girlfriend and um, I was just telling her to protect herself. And she was like, you know, I've been waiting for a nigga to say something to me. I'm a go off. Da, 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 da. I've been waiting for a nigga. I'm going to embarrass the fuck out of him. And I was like, well, girl, you can uh, can you fight like a whole mob? Can you beat a whole mob of niggas up? Mm. And I was, but I wasn't telling her to be scared. I wasn't telling her to run away, but like, be safe too. Be cautious. Like, pick your battles, because 
they wore her Malay. Mm. Mm, they did. They I wrote just, her out. So that leads us to. And I got some tea, by the way, some inside tea about Malaysia. I somebody, which was weirdly enough, I was talking about Malaysia on my Snapchat, and mm. somebody who knows them closely, like like close close, knew mm-hmm. them, was like, "Oh, I know who this is." Um. Basically, she they got the inside tea. Basically, the uh, the accident happened, and she tried to um, she tried to pull something, a uh, pull a fast one or something. And they got into it, and he he tried to justify it in a way like that wasn't the reason why they attacked her. And I was like, okay, that may have been the case. There may have been some type of misunderstanding or about the police or whatever about the car accident. That's what happens when motherfuckers get into accidents. But once they knew that she was trans, they wore her out. Because if she was a cis woman, them niggas wouldn't have been jumping her like the way they were. They they wore her the fuck out. So once they found out that she was trans, they took it to further. So are you trying to tell me that the reason why they killed her was because because of the incident? Because if she was a... No, 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 no. So that's not how it went down. Like everybody people keep giving me all these runners but what i'm saying is it's not justifiable not her death all. is not justifiable is what i want to say not at all so let's that leads me to my my actual topic as well i went to her funeral um i'm close may to she her, rest in power may she rest in power um i am close to her friends i am close to her um i talk with her father I talked with her, um, well, I'm close to one of her friends, not all of them. Um, some of them I don't know. Um, because I'm an activist in the state of Texas, I'm connected to a lot of a lot of things that are connected to this story. Mm-hmm. So the organization that helped support her, um, I have connections to the organizations. Not, I'm not a part of that organization, but I know I'm close to people who are. Um, I know a gr- lot of grassroots organizers in the Dallas area, um, and I know a lot of trans girls in the Dallas area. So it's a lot of stuff that is being said that either is irrelevant or just not true. Mm-hmm. Okay? just It's a lot of stuff that's being... Um, like it always is. It's of always course. he say, she say. So, and that's kind of true, but there's th- the spin that they're putting on it is just not, it's it's not nuanced enough. So let me, so, so let, first of all, let me tell you something. <laughs> I feel like it's living color. Let me tell you something. Um, and live in color. The, um, the, Ooh, that sounds this, so is, country. this is one of the, this 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 service, mm-hmm. this funeral service, mm-hmm. was one of the most beautiful funeral services that I have ever experienced in my life, mm-hmm. and not beautiful as in pretty looking. Not it was pretty looking, but not just that, but just the people that attended, the things that happened, the. It was black as fuck. Like, I'm talking about hood, urban, just a range of blackness in this room. From middle class, churchy folks, old ladies, young babies, the hood people, middle class people. Just it's, it, it, was, it was just such a wide range of blackness 
in this space that um, that you had no choice but to notice and respect it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to the wake and there was a million color of hair from unicorn. Oh, that's Dallas, baby. To to it just was hair upon hair. It just was Dallas. fly. It was just oh my god. It just was. It was. It was. It just was so beautifully ratchet, and not in that. And I say that, you know, I appreciate ratchet things. I'm, a ba- I'm the banshee cunt. I, I love appreciate it. That I love. I'm from I, I love unapologetically people who are hood and ratchet. That's, yes, that I love it. And so seeing them all in the space to come and giving honor to this to this trans woman who was also. Ratchet and hood. Yes. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So her friends and her community reflect who she was, and it was so beautiful. Her mama, now mind you, she was only 22 when she died. I thought she was 23, but when they were telling her age, I was like, oh, she's only 22. Z's age. Right. She's Z's age, and she's dead in the in the casket. Um. So her mother is young. So when you when I didn't, I'm I don't know why my brain was doing this, but I'm. Because I know why. Because I'm thinking, I'm looking for my mother. But my mother's in her 50s. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in her mid-50s. And so, I'm looking for somebody that looks like my mother. But I'm realizing that this young girl was only 22. So, when I was 22, my mother was in her 30s. Mm-hmm. My mother was younger. My mother was younger than me now when I was 22, I think. I think. But anyway, so... I, when her mother gets up there, I'm like, oh, my God, that's a baby. Mm-hmm. Not she's not a baby. She's in her 30s. But I'm like, oh, you, she's young. So she looks like a young, she like three or four years older than you. Mm-hmm. So you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just, So when she gets up there and starts speaking, I'm like, oh, this is a hood mama. This is a hood young mama. And so she got up there and she just was sharing her story. Now, you know, everybody's worried because her mother is the one that didn't accept her. And they were worried about her burying her as a boy. I wonder if they talked to her about that. They didn't. Let me, she explained it. Mm-hmm. She says, I, we had, she said that I had conversations with my child. And when he, cause she went back and forth depending on what, what, if she was talking about when he was younger, she would go to he. And if she was talking about current state, she would say she. Mm-hmm. So she was like, when he was younger, um, we had a con, we had conversations, you know, about, his funeral and and I told him I'm bearing you as a boy. You're gonna get a haircut, you're gonna get a suit, da, 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 da. But when this happened and my child passed away and I went and seen what everybody was saying and and I was hearing people's conversations. She said, I saw this Facebook post from somebody and they were sharing how the most disrespectful thing you could do to your trans child and to the people who are mourning that trans child who are the people who actually loved them or her or whatever one is to bury them in a non-affirming way. Mm-hmm. And they went into describing it. And she was like, you know, that really touched me. And I decided to do this and respect her wishes and bury her as a girl. And this is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and she just was so real. Like she said some problematic things too, but like on a real level, it wasn't on no. I'm disrespecting. Well, was, was it? I, I can't really like. For example, what she say? Um, 
I can't I can't think of it anything verbatim, but it it was some stuff that you was like, oh, uh, that's gonna always be my son, and I had a little boy, and, and it's, it, whatever. <laughs> I can't really explain it, but you know, just some things that you like expect somebody who in her position, and and simultaneously we were meeting her where she was, and she was honoring who she was that to her as a child, and then who she was now. And her change, like she was, she was in the middle of accepting and showing, like I'm, I've always loved my child out. Even we were, they, like they weren't even speaking mm. at the time that her child got attacked. Like they weren't speaking all because she wasn't accepting it. And so the recon, the reconciliation that happened when she was bashed, and then then she a month later get killed, and she was discussing that whole thing, and it was like. It just was a beautiful experience. I'll put some pictures up with that as well. Um, it just, the whole situation, her friends getting up, speaking, um, and being unapologetically black and ratchet, <laughs> but doing it in such a beautiful, loving way. And the preacher was preaching and wore it out. He just was doing, he no kind of disrespect. Everything was just respectful, Little moments that were just out of, not out of malice, but out of ignorance. It just was like, uh, I don't know what to say in this situation. You know, Mm -hmm. just different things. The mayor was there, the governor. The mayor was there, and was it the governor? No, not the governor. The mayor was there. Monica and Didi, Monica Roberts, we had her on a show before, and Didi Waters, activists, political activists here in Texas. They went to Austin and... Didn't force it, but they pressed the issue and made it happen. They went to Austin because they were trying to sign that bill into law that you just were talking about, Mm -hmm. the negative one. And they were there to, you know, combat it and testify against it. In the process, they had the only black male senator use her name in one of his speeches. And the Senate, the Texas Senate... And the Texas House of Representatives sent a resolution to her funeral. So a resolution is where when somebody dies, they send their condolences in a in a actual, you know, in a um No, I don't, bitch. What happens? So they send a um God, how do I describe this? Let me look <laughs> I'm up. like, wait a minute, girl, did they send her a coin? That's love, you know, no, pay for funeral coin. Um, a funeral resolution is a formal acknowledgement of the relationship between the deceased and the community it is to honor someone by elaborating on their spiritual qualities and good works um it's it's just this thing that they do i can't really explain it it's just but the big deal is that it's the Texas Senate. That doesn't happen. That's not normal. <laughs> a, a, a black trans woman was honored and the resolution was given by the Texas Senate and the Texas House of Representatives. That's that is fucking huge. That's never been done to a black trans person. <laughs> to a trans person, period. The Texas, the conservative Texas Senate Texas, sent darling. a resolution. Mm-hmm. So, and they read it uh, aloud. And What's the significance of this? It's like, uh, it's just honoring the person mm-hmm. that's dead. 
that just never has happened before. So it was kind of, they got them to do that, and it was really, really fucking epic. Now, they went on to sign that shady legislation, but just the fact that they did it, it and it's on the books and going to go down in history in Congress. So, you know, that's oh, just, yeah, that is that's fucking huge. And so it was just a beautiful service, and it was beautifully amazing. So I kind of wanted to talk about, um, after talking about that, I wanted to talk about a little bit more detail of the story. So as Mia just talked about, Malaysia was attacked. Malaysia the car had a car accident. So a smile running to ram into you. It was apparently her fault. And... um Y'all saw the video. I don't want to explain that. So she was mobbed. She was attacked by these guys. And at the end of the attack, a bunch of black women picked her up and pulled her away. So first of all, understand that this is a community that she knows. This is not a community of I'm just somewhere and I get in an accident with strangers. This is a community of people who know her. Mm -hmm. And so you were right. This wouldn't have escalated if she wasn't a, a trans woman. Yeah. It wouldn't have escalated to where it was. Trey wouldn't have done but, that to her. But also, what your friend was talking about in regards to... Oh, that's not my friend. I don't know him. Oh, whatever. I live in Texas. Malaysia I don't know you, is, Malaysia is a fighting, aggressive girl. And that's what he was saying. Malaysia is a fighting, ratchet girl who, if She's something is about... If something is not going to go down, if something... If some she likes to fight. Her mother said it during during her speech. She was like, she's just like me. We like to fight. And so if you get to threatening her, she's not gonna be the one that's like, oh, oh, let me whimper. She's gonna be the one, motherfucker, what's up there? Let's do it. Bitch, you got me fucked up. And mm -hmm. I'm like that. Mm -hmm. That's me. <laughs> so using that personality, it's annoying when people say that and use that personality as the excuse of why this escalated. Oh, it escalated. And that's exactly right. what they try to do, victim so, blame. Right. Like, oh, if she just would have calmed down. No, that's not every, that don't mean I deserve to die. Mm. Some people is not weak and timid. And when shit goes down, they, it goes down. And so... That's one element. So throughout the whole situation, people were kind of blowing it off as that. I want to talk about how the community failed her. I haven't gone into details about how the community failed her after the situation happened. So, and how this is happening across the, across the country. So, in Dallas, okay, so nationwide, Money and resources that is given to nonprofits, only about 8% is awarded to the South. Mm. Understand that. So usually the money goes to East Coast. North. It goes to Northeast Coast and and West Coast. Mm -hmm. um, that. But but in the South, like the real Southern regions, Texas, Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, blah, 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 blah. It's only about eight percent of the governmental funds that it that goes that are awarded in grants to the to to the people to the nonprofits that service our communities. It's only about eight percent. Sounds so, just about right. So that so that in itself lets you know the scarcity and rarity of money 
that is being pumped into the nonprofit sector down here. Okay? So, usually what you have in cities, especially Mm -hmm. large cities like Atlanta, Miami, Houston, Dallas, it's usually one organization. One. I know it's one that gets the big grants, that get the big money, that get the big things. And it's usually not black-owned. It's usually white-owned. Okay? Mm -hmm. But usually in a bigger city, there's one organization that is ran by some black folks. Okay, and it's usually ran by black men because the MSN, the MSM, male seeking male, um, um, homosexual demographic gets a lot of money because HIV, because of HIV prevention and that kind of stuff. That that is a well oiled machine. The nonprofit in that sector is a well oiled machine that's been going on since the eighties. Since the AIDS epidemic in the eighties, the nonprofit sector around there that's a well oiled machine and it's been going on. So there is a there is an organization that is ran by MSN that stepped in to rep- to give um, Malaysia a platform after she was attacked. And they stepped in and promised to take care of her and made all these promises to take care to take care of her after the situation. But this is a trans situation. And also in Dallas, there's a trans or trans, black trans-led organization that already has policies and procedures in place to protect trans folks in these particular situations. They just don't have the resources as this bigger organization. So this organ, this bigger organization jumps in and inserts themselves in the situation. So instead of being a good ally and saying, hey, let me take this smaller organization that is trans-led and put them in position to help her because they already got it. But because we're not in partnership, they don't know that we already have, we already thought about this shit. We've already thought about it. We already know how to handle it because we are black trans people. We are black trans. There's a lot of black, tons of black, most black trans women on our board. We know how, we already already implemented plans on how to protect a girl in this situation because we've already thought about it. You haven't thought about it because you are a black gay male organization that deals with HIV. So your work is revolved around that. Your work does not revolve around protecting trans women. Like ours does. So instead of them coming and lifting us up and putting us in a position to be able to help one of our own, they come in and hog her space. Now, some because they have coins and they have a history of giving out the gift cards. And they have a history of doing that as well. <laughs> they have a history of, you know, doing shady, funny things. Mm-hmm. But some good stuff, too. A lot you know, of the a girls, light, light. you know, a lot of the girls know to go to them if they need to get some care. They need to go. They go to them if they need a little bit of help here. If they need some resources for this, they know to go to them. Mm-hmm. So when they came in, of course, the girl gonna be like, "Oh yes, they're gonna take care of me." So they set up the GoFundMe. They set up the um, all getting all the donations and blah 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 blah. So they put her up in a hotel. But while she's in the hotel, they are rationing out money to her. So, but it gets to, but this is a month ago. It gets to the point where she keeps having to ask for money. Like she keeps asking because she's not in her home. She's in a hotel. 
relocated to try to be safe. Not super, super far away, but, you know, in a new location. And so, but they ain't got no food in the hotel. So it gets to the point where I ain't got no food. Y'all not responding in in a way to, in fast enough to get me any kind of money. And so I got to go out here and make money how I know how to make money. And that's going to the host draw. So because she needed food, because she needed a way to, you know, some things that she needed that wasn't being taken care of by the people who promised to take care of her, she had to go out into the host row exposing her to some people who was going to kill her, who eventually killed her, okay? So to me, and so after that, so after 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 that happens, now this now that everybody is calling them out about what happened, about them not doing what they needed to do protector because they don't they don't have a procedure for this because they just wanted to insert themselves as the 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 community organizer taking care of our trans sisters so they wanted to insert themselves in the situation did a press conference and you know poster uh, billboard post poster um you know your logo you know it wasn't about centering the victim it wasn't about centering her protection it was about positioning them positioning themselves as the savior of these trans this trans woman who went through this horrific thing so, it so can, they can the benefit. optics so mm-hmm. so they can benefit from the optics of that so at the end of the day they failed her and so because they failed her and people were out calling them out about it now they have to do public relation cleanup. So because they have the resources that they already have, they that with donations, blah, 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 they did refund people money on the GoFundMe. Cause now wow. they got they're cleaning up they're cleaning up the image. Uh, we don't want to look like we stole it. So, so let's let's reco- let's re- refund the money on the um on the on the um on the GoFundMe. And then let us go contact the mother and get in cahoots with the mother and help her organize the services. We're going to get it in a new church. Now we're going above and beyond to make ourselves. Sure, our name is our not name is damaged. damaged. So we're going to make give this beautiful service because they did organize this beautiful service. Gave a, a whole new location that, that could house more people. It was a beautiful location. Everything about the services were beautiful. It was everything was beautiful. So they really made up for not necessarily made up for it, but they really were trying to make up for the damage that was done in regards to them not being able to protect her. There's because no really way you can make that up. You can't because she's dead. And so why I bring that up is because this is the shit that happens because the scarcity of need, the scarcity of resources, because of how the nonprofit sector has turned into a money-making machine that is exploiting our trauma and not really centering our care. This is the type of shit that happens Mm -hmm. to me. What would have been ideal in that situation is if you would have as a as a bigger organization who has the resources that knows that there's a whole trans organization you should have went to them to even even if it was just to collaborate on how we can protect this girl you didn't even do that 
And that's patriarchy for you. They, they that's don't capitalism. Feel, capitalism. They don't feel like they have to. Like, oh, it's like we're we got this. We don't have to look for any other other organizations. We're and, the LBG to community. We're doing it right. But you you can't do it in an efficient way if you haven't you don't have the lived experiences of a black trans woman who understand things and we do at our organization and we could have helped you with that, but you didn't bring yourself over to collaborate. You didn't bring yourself over to bring us over to the fold. Cause we didn't have to take over it, but you could have brought us over there and said, Hey, how, what's the best way to handle this? And we would have showed you how to handle it. We already have policies and procedures because we know this, because we're black trans women, we know that, this is hap- This is gonna this inevitably stuff that this stuff to happen. So mm-hmm. we already got policies and procedures in place to be able to implement, to be able to protect our girls. And so we just don't have the resources that you do and the connects in the city that you do because you've been around a little bit longer. You've been doing this well-oiled work the system machine that you've been doing for long, for a long time. <laughs> and you haven't, um, you know, so you know how to play, work the, the optics in order to get money and donations. Mm-hmm. We're not we we we're not there. We are really about the ground roots, you know, the grassroots work to doing the work. And so we want to be an organization with integrity, and that's what we do. And if you would have came over or at least talked to us, talked to us and collaborated with us, I really feel like she wouldn't have been dead. They well, they it seems like they tried to try to what with one of the members of no, they just it was the optics. It's just a host. Right, it but, was, it, I'm just, but I, I think it was an illusion to be like, oh, we have somebody mm-hmm. that is from this organization, so we have somebody here. Right, but it was as, just as, as, right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, it just, it wasn't. It was about just to make it look that look, way. Look that exactly, and she wasn't even in the situation yet. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So. I feel like we have to get, in the same way we talk on a national level, we got to get money out of politics. We have to get money out of the care of our of our community. We have to, not money out of it, we need money to care. But I'm talking about the, where money is the incentive to help folks. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, we get more money if we do this. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we get more money if we do this. And like, everybody is a number and not a human being. Mm-hmm. I think we literally have to get that out of our nonprofit sector. Yeah. And so, um, I, agree. I wanted to share that um, because I don't feel like Malaysia would be dead if there, if if that organization, Abounding Prosperity, would have. What is it called? Abounding Prosperity. Mm-hmm. If they would have collaborated with trans leaders, and that's not necessarily organizations, but trans leaders in the city in order to come up with what is the most effective way to provide protection and services for a girl in the situation that Malaysia was in. And so... um yeah, I don't. I think they failed her in that regards, and but they they did put on a beautiful service for her. It was beautiful. They you can really tell that they were making up for it by going above and beyond, trying to do the work. Because I don't think that it's a bad organization because they do do work, but I don't feel like this was the organization to to protect Malaysia. Mm. 
It was not centered around transness. It never was. There's some trans girls that he tokenizes, but no, it, it just it just wasn't. And so, um, you know, I think we have to really think about that and think about the future when we talk about national organizations, because there's organizations that don't do nothing for black trans women that we out here praising. Um, there was a trans man that ran for office here in Texas, in Dallas, um, and HRC and um, Texas e- equality people, they didn't even support him as a candidate. They supported the other people who was cisgendered. Yeah. What? Wow. Like, it's crazy. Wow. So, and his policy was aligned with the trans community. It wasn't like he was a Republican. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. His policy was aligned, and so... I think we need to get that shit together. And that's all I wanted to share about the situation. The services was beautiful. It was amazing. And I really, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, that's good. So See, I, 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 I'm now thinking about it. I wish I would have went. But then again, I don't know. Because I broke down. Like, thinking about, um, like, our past episode. I, I guess I really didn't think about, like, all the trauma or all the weight that I carry. Mm-hmm. And I was in the midst of, te- uh, like I said earlier, I was in the midst of texting with my good girlfriends. Because I was really feeling it. Because, man, like, this man had text me and was telling me how our rights aren't the uh the same as um as civil rights and there's no comparison and that i'm evil because um that uh because men are attracting to me and that's an that's an illusion and we're deceiving men because because we're ultimately changing our appearance and that's making them um I guess it's tempting them to to be attracted to us. Some weird ass um, psychology twist that he tried to to give on me that he's basically battling within himself. And I was just like, this is just not. This is just too much. So I I just broke down. I was just I boohooed and I was like, oh my god, where the fuck is this coming from? But I think because I really, but it almost feels like people are. Because they're attracted to us and it's supposed to be, and it's like a taboo thing that they, they're like releasing all of their angst anger. about, not just anger, but just angst around, around them being attracted to you and they're not supposed to. Right. Like. And it, I it, did not get that. I yeah. was like, how is, I was just thinking to myself, how was that my fault? Because you're repulsed and re- intrigued. Yes. <laughs> like, like, how was you're that so, my fault? In your mind, you're supposed to be like, oh, I don't want to like this. Oh, no. That's, that's disgusting. A but but God, God you are damn. beautiful. Right. <laughs> la, 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 la. Or I am attracted to you. Um, I think it's really, really strange. Have and you heard men say that to you before, too? Yeah. I, how, I, and not you, exactly, but like but they, they all like have different variations of that underlining. Like, oh my God, I know people would talk about me. I'm not supposed to be attracted, but like I can't mm-hmm. deny it. It's undeniable right, that you're sickening. But it puts us in a perpetual state of being undesirable or unwanted. Mm-hmm. I think that. Um, I think that the reality of the situation is that. We exist and our existence kind of flip and totally fucks up the construct that is gender. 
Yes. And so because we are so um because we mind fuck that that whole construct that that, that mm-hmm. is ingrained in them, this is their way to kind of um battle it. Battle it. And sometimes it could be to the detriment of our feelings. It could be to our the life. detriment of our lives. It could be to the detriment of our heart. Because a lot of them will be in relationship with you. And, and be battling that internally and internally won't say anything. And won't say anything. And then um, six months later, they can't deal with it more and they go be with this woman. Mm-hmm. And then they come back to you. Or they cis-woman. cheat on you with the yeah. cis woman. Um, or they... Um, or... You know, they're with you. They feel all of that, but they with you because they ain't got no other options. Do and you think that's what your ex was given? Who? The one, remember the um, the one who um, you took his virginity? No, not no. him. I think the other one. The one who was cheating on you with, with, the, the, with the wife? The, with the wife. I think mm. he was trying to create a... Th- I think the one that was cheating on me with that had a wife during our relationship. He, I felt like he was trying to have his cake and eat it too. I felt like he was trying to create a world where he could be with me and be with her and how this is going to work out. And he felt like he had set it up to where it could work out for a long period of time. And it actually did. It worked out for five years. (laughs) So, um, I think he was trying. He was trying to create a world. You know, we always say like, create your space and create mm-hmm. what you want in the world. I think he was actively doing that, and he had me on one side of the city and her on another side of the city with his family and his child, and living happily. And then he can come see me and and live with me for two weeks and and go to work. And then you get what I'm saying. It mm-hmm. just it just was this thing, and so he was trying to create. He was reconciling it by creating the world that he wanted to be. And he was okay with what it was. Long as we were separate. Polyamory. <laughs> well, not non-ethical. Right. Non-ethical polyamory. <laughs> um, but um, it's just weird how a lot of... And I think, you know what? I think women um, go through the same thing. They're like, oh, I see you. I see the the discrimination that you go through as a woman. I see that a lot of, that we have a lot of similarities. But you can't have no babies. You can't have this. And I don't understand why this man is attracted to you like he's attracted to me. That doesn't make sense to me. And, and I, 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 I want to respect you as a woman. But wait a minute. That's, I don't like that. And, um. On the flip side, like, I get it. Like, I get, to me, I get and understand how something that is so ingrained in your mind and how we flipping this shit can be difficult. I can understand how it can be difficult as fuck. I can, um, I can understand how it's hard to let people have the freedom and the, the, um, the luxury to be to like what they like and love what they love. I can understand how it can be hard to let people do that in the midst of this construct that is gender. I can understand in the midst of the construct that is religion, in the midst of all these rules that that you were born into, that you taught that this was right, this is the way to go, and then you got these people, these strange anomalies mm-hmm. that are happening that 
that even you sometimes can look at. Like you just said, she said, I, I look at you as a woman because I see you as a woman, but I see your woman. I don't I really, see... I don't really see it. Right. I, I don't. I respect you. I see the, I see the common areas where we relate and where we go through the same thing. I don't look at you as a man, but I don't look at you as, as a, woman a woman either. And I don't understand why this man that's attracted to me Will be is attracted, attracted to you. you. Because a, ultimately, I kind of really think you're still a man. Right. And they should know that. And they should treat you of source like I do. But I want them to respect you, but I don't want them to be attracted to you. I don't want you. them to kill you. And I don't want them to beat you up, but I don't want them to be attracted to you. Right. I don't want us to share the same play. Right. At all. Even though attraction usually, not all the time, but usually is built on visual representation. Attractive attraction usually not but especially time. especially with men Initial. and that's statistically proven so if we so it's hard for them to reconcile that so i get it it's not something that i don't get um because i because i kind of if, if, if we want to call ourselves to the mat we kind of do it as well yeah when we think about the brick girls the girls who are not as passable who look like who you know, they don't move through, navigate the world like we do that are not passable. When we think of a, about a guy being attracted to them and being attracted to us, we with the have same that, With the same level of tra- of attraction, not uh-huh. even like a, a high and you're low. Yeah. With the same, I think y'all are exactly just the same beautiful. and I'm attracted to both of y'all. Mm-hmm. And then because we did all this work and got all these titties and do all this Moaned out for years and surgery all this to make shit. us look so passable. And then you're going to put us on the same level as this brick? As this unpassable girl, I, I, I remember having those feelings of anxiety and feelings of how dare you? Mm-hmm. That's not me. We're not the same thing. I remember having that. I remember. And to me, that's how it relates. Like, this is the space I'm in. I'm on a whole different level. But I have those feelings when I talk to a man who who kind of relates to us as being men so that they so they're also attracted to gay men and they don't see the difference between a trans woman and a gay man there's some that are and i be i'm so downfounded because i'm like i have there's there's we are complete opposites there's nothing that relates besides but you're not complete opposites i'm a complete opposite darling i'm not a gay man (laughs) no you're not a gay man but you're not the complete opposite either you want to you want to test my hormone level if they're if they're sexually attracted to you baby and you pre-op and they're sexually attracted to penis and you have one they like you the same way they like a gay man because y'all both have penis okay and that's what even if that's where the similarity ends so if i have a sex change it's the same thing they're gonna not fuck with you because they like penis so you okay so you don't think that a man that likes Wait, wait. Okay, so you're trying to say that what well, you are saying that a man that is attracted to men would not be attracted to a trans woman who was a sex change if they were bisexual and they liked to cis women. Maybe, but mo- ask dudes who who you just described before this that you just did because mm-hmm. you didn't say the bi. You said I attracted to trans women and gay men. Right. So I'm being those dudes. If you if you oh, yeah. talk to those dudes that are attracted to gay men and cis and trans women, not cis women at all, they are with those people because they have the equipment that they like. Yes. Because that that's what y'all have in common. I agree. And that's what I mean. To, y'all are total opposites right. in regards to you're a trans woman and they are um a gay man, but 
what what brings y'all together, what's the similarities, even if that's the only thing, is y'all have body parts that are the same. Right. And so that is the similarity that um, that they could be attracted to. And that's the similarity that men are attracted to versus cis, men, uh, cis women and trans women. There are similarities that they're attracted to, and that's why they're attracted to it. Oh, okay, exactly. Uh, so also- if you have a cis woman and a trans woman... So what they are attracted to in both of those entities is what they have similar and what that what that is, the look. Right. You have the feminine, you look like what a woman should look like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm attracted to that. And what the, the kibbles and bits down between the legs don't matter. I like this. Right. So I can, you got a hole that I can fuck, whether it's be a... Pussy hoe or booty hoe. <laughs> I can do. I can get a nut off of both of them. But what has to be there is that feminine representation. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, and that's where the gender, the, flu, the gender fluidity comes. Mm-hmm. Like, what is more important? What do What do you put on the priority perspective? Mm-hmm. For you, even you, Mia, mm-hmm. because you were able to open expand your horizons to somebody like Z. The masculine presentation is what was important to you more so than body parts. Right. Exactly. It was the, it was that. For me, up until recently, it was the body parts. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. So you get what I'm saying? And that I can see how people who have not expanded their mind, who have not expanded... Who have chosen not to. Chosen not to or just really can't because they don't have the mentally capacity to do. Some people are just dumb. And and, and they, simple-minded. And they just can't Very. grasp complex ideas. It's just, it literally, it's just there are, you know, everybody ain't woke. Everybody oh, baby, ain't intelligent. Listen. There are some dumbass people. When you stay in that box and, and we're trying to get to the next one, I'd be like, okay, let's close the door. You know, sometimes people just is like that. And so the mall is open, <laughs> but nobody shopping. Nobody shopping. <laughs> so um, the elevator don't go all the way up. So, um, yeah. And so I can I can understand because I know sometimes before my mind was um, expanded, I used to judge men who dated uh, trans women that weren't on my level that that i thought weren't on my level mm-hmm. you know, i did the I same judge. thing i did and too. then i can so i can relate that to how cis women can say oh um you're just not what i am and i don't consider you what i am <laughs> so i'm gonna demonize yeah, this person so because be like, you're trying what? to compare us and bitch i'm not well, we're compared things. to that and then that, mm-hmm. there's some insecurities that come into that mm-hmm. there's some that that's the underlying because to be that. honest diamond and, and and let me know if this is your experience because you know we have a girl talk. Mm-hmm. So like with your experience throughout your whole entire life, what type of woman gives you the most grief? Like what what is the type that gives you the most grief? And for me specifically, it's always somebody who is it's always a a woman who's really not that up upkept. It really don't be the sickening girls. Like the girls that really get trained and that, well, no, sometimes they do be late too. But, but the but majority. On average. It's never it's the girls who look love. Yeah, they yeah. always give the drama. Now, now I have some. I, I, I've gotten it from all perspectives, but. Me too. 
I've gotten it from our perspective, but yes, on if I had to count an average of who it was, it's always the raggedy, dusty, late. What you? I I want to be you, bitch. No, Girl. <laughs> it's those kind. And that, and what I be telling these bitches, I be like, listen. Don't get mad at me because I got the trade that you want. What you do is, bitch, step your pussy up. You <laughs> what do what does Mia do? Mia makes sure that her self care is taken care of. She makes sure her nails are done. She makes sure her ends are clipped. But no, she no, makes no, no, sure no. because that gives the listen, impression that niggas won't fuck anything. But but I'm not. <laughs> but I'm saying. Like I, 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 the... keep, I keep I try to keep myself up uh-huh. and I feel like that's the that's the reason why I get the attention that I do because I keep myself up. If I was old dust bucket ass bitch. It's niggas that will fuck you and her. Ah, <laughs> you and the dust, the dust bucket. Dust right. But I'm just saying like when you keep yourself up and people see that you maintain yourself and your look, people will appreciate that. Yes. Absolutely. If that is something that you give a fuck about. Yeah. You could be a hippie and not give a fuck and go where the wind blows, bitch. Yes, do that. But And you're gonna find some dick that lives for that. Yes. <laughs> very much so. Um I don't know. I just feel like um um I don't know. I just I, we went to a whole other Oh yeah, subject. we did. But I, I feel bottom line is I get it. I get why they do that, but it makes it really difficult for the people that you think are beneath you. It makes it really, really difficult for people who are outside cis-heteronormativity to find love, to find peace, and to find authentic relationships because your response to us is um, so negative, and that gives them some justification of fear. It gives them some justification to feel like they can't be open. It gives them some justification to feel like um, being down low is okay for us in finding mm-hmm. love and relationships. So I don't want to go on and on and on about it. So I think we explored that conversation. We sure did. And I think that was a show. Was that it? Yep. Well, that was some cute girl talk. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. So this will be out Thursday. We are trying to organize some stuff to be able to um, go to New York World Pride. Yes. And I want to say anything yet until it's confirmed. Fingers crossed. But um, we're trying to work something out. So, all right. Well, we'll see y'all next week. Well, be on the lookout, y'all. Buenos noches. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Little 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 little